Today's guest is someone I have looked up to all my life. She has always been known for being a trailblazer and going after what she wants. She is my twin sister, Allie Fannin Still. This girl worked and saved up her money when she was 16 to do a service trip in Nicaragua. She studied and worked abroad in China when she was just 19 years old and later worked and lived in Thailand, Korea, China, and Australia as a CrossFit trainer. She has been all over the world traveling and inspires me every day to work towards the things that I love and enjoy. Allie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Wow, what a lovely introduction. I think you've said more nice things about me in this minute than you have our whole lives. Oh, yeah, I got to make sure that people think I'm nice. Uh-huh, it's working. It's a facade, guys. It's a facade. Well, it's nice to be here. Yay! So, Allie, um, I want to start off with um, when you were 16 years old, um, you had the motivation to save up money and do something that I thought was impossible. I don't know. How much money did you have to save up to go on that trip? I think we ended up saving uh, $5,000 through fundraising. and then Was it $5,000? Uh-huh. Um, I think it was $5,000 and then our flights, if I, if I remember. It was so long ago. I mean, that was... 10 years ago. I, it's having a hard time remembering, but yeah, You're we are so uh, old. I'm so old, <laughs> but I'm not. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember that time too, actually fundraising for that because, uh, we, I remember my girlfriend Chandler, our girlfriend Chandler, um, not gay, just like girlfriend, like friend girl, like friend not girl. that being gay is bad. You know, we have a gay mom. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> so you guys know, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we were like selling, like slinging Beanie Babies on the corner. I remember trying to sell some Beanie Babies to raise money to go. Uh, I don't remember that. Oh my gosh. I remember you guys doing like a car wash. Uh, that's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, we did that. And then we even wrote letters to like neighboring companies, like for toothbrushes and shoes. And we sent all these companies um, asking for their donations to take with us. Oh, you're such a kind-hearted soul. So what, what, uh, made you do that? Um, so when, we, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a guest speaker named Matt Gerber. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So he was, um, he went to our auditorium and he gave a speech and he was just, I don't know, it was very, um, uh, Gosh, I want to speak Chinese right now. There's a word called gandong, which is like makes your makes your heart move. And um, I guess I was really moved by his speech because he had everybody close their eyes and imagine where we would be in 10 years from now. Like if you closed your eyes and woke up, what what would you be laying on when you woke up? Like if you looked around, what would you see? And you walk into the bathroom and look at yourself in the mirror, like what what's around you. And I just remember thinking like I was, I was going to be waking up in, uh, you know, maybe like a developing country and helping people. Um, and I think that's what really motivated the, the idea of going to this orphanage in Nicaragua and raising money for them and raising, raising materials and stuff. Yeah, I remember I um, sat in that same auditorium as you, um, and I was also um, moved and motivated, but not as much as you, I guess. <laughs> I remember um, Allie was Allie was like 
all gung-ho we're gonna do this and I all in my head I was like this is impossible like like I was 16 I had never made more than like I don't even know I honestly don't even know if I had had my first job by then so I probably had only ever made money from like Christmas birthday I probably only ever had in my hands or wherever I stored my dollars, maybe like $300 in one time. So like thinking about $1,000, $5,000 or whatever it was, I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, you guys aren't going. Like this isn't going to happen. Why waste your time? <laughs> she went and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that was one of the first times um, Allie, Allie kind of showed me like, what uh, setting your setting your intentions are and working towards your goals and and um, how how um, just taking a step and believing and wanting something can um, you know work out and become a reality. Um, moving forward, you studied abroad in China at 19 years old. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so I went to ASU and I wanted to be in. Um a officer in the Air Force and so I joined and I said well I really like learning languages and they said okay we'll pick Chinese or Arabic that's what we need and so I um, I chose Chinese and then about a year into my studies I was like well if I'm gonna learn a language I need to go abroad and I need to learn it and so I decided to do a study abroad there that summer I remember writing the parents our parents like a long letter of saying um, like, I really need to study abroad and I need the funds to do it. Please loan me this amount of money. I will pay you back. And blah, blah, blah. I still owe them $5,000 for sending me to China. <laughs> they probably don't remember. So we just want to show them this little podcast. <laughs> I just figure it's going to like come full circle when they get old and I have to wipe their butts and stuff. I'm sure I'll, I'm going to spend at least $5,000 on them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then it, if, if you don't, you'll just regret it your whole life and you'll take it to the grave. Yeah, I mean, that too. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to China and man, that was, it was a really eye-opening experience. I just remember like getting there off the plane and not, I thought I knew some Chinese, but when you're there and like everybody's in the cab, the taxi drivers are talking and you walk around and all the Chinese students are walking down the streets or riding their bicycles and they're all laughing and talking in Chinese and I'm like, what the heck? I don't know what to order. Like food is super weird. I remember the first time I went to the bathroom there and I, I took a picture and I sent it to somebody. I can't remember even who I sent it to. And I was like, what is this? And it was just a hole in the ground, which we both know now is called the squatty potty. Mm-hmm. And it's just a normal everyday bathroom there. I considered making one in, in uh, the house that I'm living in now. Those things, you know, I mean, besides the pee that splatters on your feet, like, <laughs> let's 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 all agree that taking a poop is way better than a squatty potty. You just, like, it comes out so nice. And not to mention your ankle and your hip flexibility from squatting, right? Right? I'll be the, I would be the most, like, flexy 80-year-old that ever were was uh, is you know <laughs> <laughs> nerd but yeah I mean you remember some of that I mean you could probably talk to talk to being in like what being in China was like yeah 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 but you were there longer and this is about you girl so um you 
from what I remember, the tuition that you had to pay, wasn't that similar to what the tuition was at ASU that you were paying already? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was I was just paying my normal Arizona state um, in in state tuition, mm-hmm. and then they had a partnership with this school over there in Sichuan, Sichuan Dashui, and uh, I think the only thing that I had to pay for extra was my room and board and my flights. So is that what you use that five thousand dollars or however much you got from the parents for? Yeah, that's what I use it for. And then I ended up uh, teaching English over there to make some money to support myself. I don't even know what I was thinking when I went over there, like how I was going to make money to live. I don't even know what the parents were thinking either. Like, is she going to call me every month to get money so that she can, you know, pay her rent, or did they just think I'd figure it out? I can't even. I really can't even remember. Yeah, I was wondering why you started teaching English. I didn't know if you had to or somebody else was doing it. And so you're like, oh, I'll do it. Well, the, I oh, you know what? I was supposed to be only there for the summer and, and come back. And then I ended up staying longer um, after mm. the summer I wanted to do do it. And I during the summer, I hadn't worked. I didn't have a job. But there were people who were like ended up teaching English or doing other weird stuff to make money and uh, what do you mean weird stuff oh yeah like there was um there was some girls on in the group that were like going to ktvs like karaoke and um guys chinese men would pay them to drink and play games and do karaoke with them and so they would go they'd go out on the weekends sometimes even on the weekdays during like study nights all dressed up making money at these KTVs I'm like I don't know I don't think that they were doing anything crazy but I still feel like it's sort of I don't know a prostitution in a sense like a service yeah it feels it feels a little you know uncomfortable oh. talking about it even if they weren't like doing anything <laughs> yeah, teaching English was a much uh, not feeling <laughs> yeah, um, I remember though when when I was there or when we were there, we definitely had friends that were like, "Just come out to the bar." With, like our Chinese friend, come out to the bar and you'll have free drinks. Like basically, they just wanted us there, and it brought in more Chinese people and brought them business. Just knowing that there was other Americans there. Yeah, it was weird because it was almost like uh, we were um, celebrities without actually having any fame. yeah yeah and you know um you got a lot of compliments in China which you know is very good besides like that one old lady that said that you were fat oh my gosh guys you should have saw Allie talk to this lady she was so mad that this lady said she was getting fat I think she had seen Allie come come in and out of the apartment complex and she's like a little old lady that worked downstairs and she told Allie that she was like getting fat and Allie's like, you don't say that, blah, blah, blah. But all in Chinese. It was amazing. So Allie spoke really good <laughs> Chinese or Mandarin. Oh my I God. Would, I remember that so vividly because she, I was buying a, uh, a loaf of bread and because I wanted to have some bread and Nutella. And I just remember her stopping me and telling me my legs were fat and that I needed to eat less. And I was like, oh, heck no. Like, you old lady. I mean, Chinese people, you know this, Nat, but I don't know if everybody does, but Chinese people are very blunt and forward and they don't care. They'll tell you if you're fat, if you're ugly, if you look like an animal, like, 
<laughs> it's not supposed to hurt your feelings because it's supposed to be the culture. I wonder how many how many Chinese people are actually like offended or if they have thick skin because everybody does that. Um, or if they're like, that's wrong, you know, but as, as poor little Americans are like, you can't say that to me. Uh-huh. Lie to me, please lie to me. I mean, I was getting a little chunky. I remember that. These were before right- her CrossFit days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. So, so, um, as far as studying abroad, was it difficult? Was the process of applying, um, and, and, um, deciding to do it and go there, was that difficult or were there any barriers for you? To be honest, I don't remember. Um, I feel like my personality and you know, this too, from growing up is I've always been really hard headed and whatever I want, I figure out a way to do it. And so, um, I feel like once I set my mind to something, I just make it happen. So I can't really remember specifically even the process of applying or, or going over there. I just remember I want it. I want it. I got it. I want it. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this was another time where Allie went to China and I was like, if she can go to China, I can go to Brazil. Cause I was studying Portuguese, uh, during this time. And, um, the, the programs were different, mind you. Ali had a program that was like similar cost to to what um, our school was, but mine was going to be like three or four times the price if I tried to go. Um, so I remember like like trying to like muster up a way to go to Brazil, and it didn't work out, and I was like all sad and depressed. Um, <laughs> but it worked out that later I got to uh, move to China with Allie because she bought my ticket. She's an amazing sister and I owe her everything. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but she's always looked out for me. Um, And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so Allie doesn't really remember the whole process of studying abroad, but I definitely, um, suggest to people who are younger, maybe they haven't gotten their degree yet, um, maybe they're a little bit nervous to go out on their own. Um, I think studying abroad, especially if you have plans to go to college, is a great um, is a great option for living abroad. And you can even, like Allie did, um, you know, do some working abroad as well if, if you don't have the financial means or if you just want to see what it's like. Um, so I definitely think that's a great option for the for the younger audience. Yeah, and I would agree with that too. Like, um, I think there's so many people out there who have these desires to do things and they put them off and they keep putting them off because they think it's unrealistic or that they can't achieve it. And I think it's no matter how much money you have, no matter where stage you are in life, you should really just go for what you want and do everything you can to attain it because I think it's possible um, like I've, I've been, I've been lived abroad twice now, um, and moved back to the U S and both times. I mean, one time I was a student and the second time was a professional, but I, I still didn't know what I was doing when I left. Like I didn't mm-hmm. have plans set in place. I didn't have jobs set in place. So I just think don't make an excuse for not going if you don't know what the result is going to be. Yeah, definitely. I am a firm believer, and I think Allie is too, of the law of attraction. 
um, and um, just that the world and God um, is on your side and it will conspire with you versus against you. So if you really want something, you you believe believe um, that you can do it and you just start taking the steps. Maybe you don't know the how, it doesn't really matter. Um, you'll find a way to do it. And it might not be the way that you think or thought that that um, it was going to happen and it, you might not be doing it or experiencing what you thought you would once you're there, but there is a way um, that it all just works out the way it should. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Yeah, so tell us about um, your your other experience. So how long, how long were you in, in China um, total the first time around when you were studying abroad? Man, what was it? I think it, I think it was under a year. Really? Because I thought it was like a year and a half, but maybe not. Was it? I can't remember when we came back. It was during a school year. It was during the school year when we came back. So it might have been a year and a half. So you did the summer. Did you do Did you do a fall and spring semester or just a fall? So I think you're, I left for my sophomore year or my sophomore summer. And then I think I spent my sophomore year there and then in my junior year, I dropped out is when I dropped out. Yeah. 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 That sounds right. That sounds right. So Allie dropped out of school. Why did you drop out of school after studying abroad? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like your perceptions of things when in hindsight are so different than how they are now. So I remember having this story built up of why I dropped out of school then. And, that, and looking back now, I can just see that I, it's different. So back then, what I would have told you was, um, I got really sick in China and then I had to come back to the U.S. And because I came back to the U.S., I had to drop out of my Chinese courses and enroll and enroll in these um, intensive classes at ASU. I can't remember what they're called, but aren't they like six weeks long or something? Something like that. They're like accelerated online classes. Yeah. And so I think I was taking three or four of those when I came back, but I was still sick and recovering and I was working and um, I was taking this justice studies class at ASU and I had an A plus. So that's, that's the type of person that I try to be is like always on top of things. But the, but the final paper was one third of the grade, like a whole third of it. And um, I ended up not turning it in on the time and I asked for a, an extension and the justice studies teacher said that wouldn't be fair to the rest of the class. This is a justice studies class after all. And I just was like, this person doesn't know anything about me. They don't know. They don't care about me. They don't care if I'm sick. They don't care how hard I'm working or how many, they don't care how much like stress I have in my life, but they just care that this is a just class. And I was like, I just felt, I just felt like this is just an institution that wants my money and it's not going to help me in my future. I just, that's what I remember thinking at the time. And I was like, I don't need you. And I Did you send have... that lady a bag of farts as well? I would have sent her a bag of farts. <laughs> I don't think they had emojis at that time to like send bags of farts, but if they would have, I would have. I would have. No, no, that. I wasn't thinking emoji. I was thinking like <laughs> fart in a bag, wrap that shit up, send it to her doorstep, and she opens it and she'd be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Is she from England? <laughs> she might turn British if she wasn't. <laughs> That's how bad that fart would smell. Yeah, but you know what? Looking back at it now, realizing when I dropped out, it's just so, yeah. it was one of the first times I had ever experienced failure, and I wasn't equipped to overcome it 
I thought it was like the end of my life having a like it would ruin my it ruined my perfect GPA and I was like I can't have this I can't handle this and I was just like f this I'm out I quit but I'm I'm glad I did because right after that's when I found CrossFit yeah, so CrossFit was, is the next chapter in Allie's life, and, and I know I know her life um, really well, probably not more than her, obviously, although, you know, we are um, tele, telepathic, so probably pretty close, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, Allie, Allie started um, doing CrossFit, and then that led her to eventually move abroad, so maybe you can tell us more about that. Yeah, so shortly after I dropped out, I was like, okay, I got back from China. I had been eating rice and noodles and all kinds of high-carb foods, and I was a little chunky and a little depressed after dropping out. I was like, I need to get fit. I just remember that there was this hot guy from my high school. I, I can't even, His name was Jeremy, and I saw on his, his Facebook that he was um, Jeremy Goodwall. Do you remember him? I'll have to look, look him up later. Everybody's yeah. going to be like, ooh, who's Jeremy Goodwall? I know. They're going to go Facebook him now and be like, hey, there's a girl named Allie. She had a crush on you. She thought you were hot. <laughs> the re- you're the reason why she started CrossFit and traveled the world. So, um, but, yeah, I just remember thinking, oh, this guy, he's hot, and he's doing CrossFit. I was like, oh, we'll see what this CrossFit thing's about. So I, like, I went down to the local the local CrossFit box and started working out there. And I remember the first week I was just on fire for it. I signed up that week and I was like, I'm going to be a CrossFit trainer. And I started studying really hard for it. And then, um, I, a month later I went to go get my CrossFit uh, certification or certificate to be a level one trainer. And that's where I met actually my, my first boyfriend, not my first boyfriend, but my Boyfriend. One of your long-term I, boyfriends. One yeah. of your long-term boyfriends. You've had yeah. long-term boyfriends before that, but another one of your long-term boyfriends. Like three years, three and a half years together. Um, he was actually one of the instructors teaching the course. And um, I remember just meeting all of the instructors and thinking one day, wow, like I'm going to be a CrossFit. I'm going to be a CrossFit trainer and I'm going to teach people how to teach people how to get fit. And then I'm going to travel the world. And mm. I remember just having that moment and thinking, okay, like I can see my future. This is going to be way cooler than being in the air force and taking orders from somebody else and getting up at 5 AM and doing PT every day. And, uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna tell me what to do yeah uh, but yeah so that's when I started that's when I started CrossFit and again it was just that same thing I had my eyes set on something I was like I'm gonna be a level one two level one trainer level two trainer level three trainer it only goes up to level four so but um but you can't get a level four unless you've been you've been doing it for a decade. Like you were one of the OG CrossFitters. And so I got all my, I got my level one, level two and level three all in one year. And then after that, my, uh, my boyfriend at the time, he owned his own CrossFit gym. And I was like, let's go, like, let's travel. Let's, let's get out of here. And uh, after some convincing, I convinced him to shut down his CrossFit gym. He wasn't happy doing it anyway. So, um, yeah, we, we moved to Asia where he was a, um, he worked for CrossFit headquarters training, like going from places to like Korea, Singapore, Thailand, and doing these trainings to uh, certify CrossFit trainers. So I kind of got a tag along in the beginning. 
Yeah, that's so cool. So I didn't realize that um, when you had started uh, your trainings and stuff like that, you had already had that idea, like, this is this is going to get me to travel. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, you know, I've always wanted to travel and, like, live abroad anyway, and so I was kind of just looking for any avenue that would do that, but I saw that those trainers, they got to travel, and, like, my ex at the time, he got to travel a lot, and um, so I think I was always just looking for avenues that would allow that. And I, and I had asked him like, do they have it in other countries? Cause in our first few months of dating, he took me to like Panama and Argentina to do these mm-hmm. seminars. And so I was like, okay, like here's this cool, huge opportunity to travel with CrossFit. And so he asked headquarters if there was any there was any places outside of the U.S. that they were needed, and they said that Asia was developing a lot, and they needed trainers out there, and so we were, like, first on board to take that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I remember when Ali um, left, I was like, oh my god, she's living the life, this is so cool. I had, um, after moving back from China, so we followed, um, or I followed Ali maybe, like, a month after she left, um, I had gone back to ASU to study. I had this grand idea that um, after experiencing the the air pollution in China, I was going to switch my major and do sustainability and global studies, and I was going to, you know, help change things in the world. Well, I don't do anything like that now. Um, maybe maybe one day. I'm thinking maybe like Bill Gates Foundation, but I'll it'll be like Natasha Reeves Foundation. <laughs> wait wait wait! Don't forget <laughs> Natasha Reeves and Ali. Fran and Steele, because she changed her last name, the traitor. Um, that's okay. <laughs> we'll forgive her. Um, but yeah, so um, I I was studying, and again, she was abroad, living my dream, because I always wanted to be abroad as well. I don't know. I I mean, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that I'm just a follower. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, (laughs) But um, I remember, you know, when I was graduating high school, I I really wanted to be an au pair or um, teach English um, abroad. And my parents were very much like, you got to go to school or our parents, I guess. You got to go to school. You got to get a good degree and get a good job. And, you know, what the parents, the parents these days say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I went to school, so I came back and I was finishing school and Allie was traveling abroad being amazing. And, um, she ended up in Thailand. You ended up in Thailand after all of that. Um, how, how long until you started working? So we went and the first month we lived in Korea. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't working then. And then we got to, Thailand, and it's so funny how you, like, glorify my life, because uh, when you see pictures, maybe you think that way, but I remember being in Thailand, and he would go every weekend to these seminars. He would usually leave on, like, a Thursday and come back on a Monday or um, a Tuesday, so I might see him two or three days a week, and I was so depressed. I was, like, I didn't have a job, and I just felt useless, and I was alone there. I didn't know anybody. I mean, yes, it was cool being abroad, but without having some sort of purpose. I just remember we were in Chiang Mai, and I was there by myself, and I was just crying. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? (sighs) And uh, it probably wasn't until maybe, like, uh, 
a month after we arrived in Thailand that I started volunteering at some of the CrossFit gyms there. And then I got hired as a CrossFit trainer at um, RV CrossFit. And then after that, I got hired to work for um, Jason Kalipa, who was one of the CrossFit Games athletes back in the day. And he's got corporate wellness programs around Asia uh, partnered with Hitachi. And so I was working out in Prachinburi, Thailand, doing the corporate wellness program there. And um, it was quite rural, but that's when I started really working and I felt thriving and had a purpose. And um, it was my own program. Like I was the only, I was the only coach there coaching it. And um, yeah, it felt really, it felt really good. Yeah, it's a good point that you make, though. Um, I remember experiencing that same depression in China. Um, there's a thing, you know, um, going abroad is so much fun and there's so much to experience and the culture and the food and the people. Um, but there's also this point where the fun kind of stops because you're like, wow, you know, where, where's my purpose at? Um, what am I? What am I giving back to people? Like, how am I a part of the community when I when all I do is just consume food and and you know like I'm spending money and that's all I do. You you kind of lose. You kind of yeah. It's it's just, it's just not that great. So so definitely having a purpose when you go somewhere like doing mission trips. I can imagine is amazing. Um, or, or having a job, having a job or even, you know, running, running your own business while you're abroad, it, you have to be doing something with your life. You can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just our personality. Maybe it's not everybody's, but um, I, I definitely felt that way. I just remember too, like when I was in Thailand, there was a point where we weren't working and we were about to leave to go to China. And so we took a month off and we were just, um, we were like learning how to scuba dive and stuff in the South the south of Thailand and I was just like every day was so beautiful we were by the beach we'd wake up in the morning walk go to the gym have breakfast eat lunch watch the sun whatever and I, I just felt <laughs> ungrateful brat I know right <laughs> I, I, that's why when people are like focused on retirement and so that they can sit on the beach and do nothing all day I I, I just think to myself in my head y'all y'all it's not all it's cracked up to be like like it gets really purposeless. It feels really purposeless at, at points. Um, but yeah, so your head yeah. is going to be really close to this. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a five head? <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so I definitely agree with you. Working working abroad is is good. Having a certain purpose, anyway. Yeah, but, you've been there, been retired it's all right. Like not, not the best. Well, and that's funny because it brings us back to like why I came home. And I, I remember I made really good money in Thailand. I mean, I was making like 7,500 bucks a month for being a CrossFit trainer. That's pretty much unheard of in the U S you don't make any money as a CrossFit trainer here. Um, and I was only working like four hours a day. Like what? And I know, right? And everything was like a dollar or less. You, how much were you saving during that time? I, I think we came back with like fifty k, forty k after after a year. Uh, yeah, about a year, a year. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe forty. Yeah, but I just remember thinking still to myself, like I still have to work to earn my money. Ooh, and. <laughs> 
<laughs> First world problems. I know, I know. It's so funny. So I read this book, and it's called The, the Millionaire Mindset by uh, T. Harv Ecker, and it was just talking about our money blueprints and how we how we are taught everything that we know about money, and that's how we handle it. And it was the first time I ever heard the words passive income, and I was like, "What is this passive income stuff? Like, you can earn, you can um, make money without having to go to work. Meaning, I can go on vacation and still earn a paycheck. What?" And uh-huh. So that's why I actually came. One of the reasons I came back, I missed my family, but I came back to to like learn about how to create financial freedom in the U.S. And that's actually why I'm still here in the U.S. Yeah. So so you you went to Thailand and then worked there for a year. Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A year and then went to China again. Again. Mm-hmm. Again. And this was. The first, the first time um, she was in in China was 2011. Went back to w- or went back abroad. What 2013, 14? I don't remember. I think it was only a year after. I think oh. it was like maybe 2013. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, um, yeah. So then um, spent a year back in in China teaching CrossFit. Probably what similar salary. What say that again? And it was like similar salary, in so you were making the same same amount. Where back in China? Oh, uh huh, yeah. I mean, we we took a pay cut. I, I we ended up making about seventy five hundred bucks a month together instead working in this place in China. But we were doing a favor for somebody who asked us to come help uh, open their gym and train their coaches, and it was just another opportunity since my contract had ended with uh, Thailand. So we were like, yeah, let's go. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so then you guys came back finally, um, you know, you guys went to Australia for a little bit, but you were just mostly volunteering, uh, volunteering there, right? Right. You didn't do any sort of work there. Um, and then you came back and you were determined to make passive income. Right. Yeah. Cause I was like, um, I was like, the next time I move abroad, I want to be able to have 100% control of my time. And so what I need to do is make replace my, my everyday job paycheck with passive income. And so there was only a couple of ways to do that. It was either invest in stocks, uh, real estate, or own a business. And so I just chose real estate, and that's how I became a realtor, actually. Yeah, so Allie is one of the best realtors in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you guys are in Arizona, check Allie out. Um, I'll put her link below as well. She is amazing. She's helped so many people. um, And she is teaching people how to make passive income so they can live more of their journey and, you know, maybe do less work and more things that they enjoy. Not necessarily to retire um, I think I think the point isn't to free up time so we can do nothing with it, you know, but free up time to do the things that we love and enjoy and work on more passion projects, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because the reason why I started teaching people how to do it was because I just remembered how I grew up and I was like, nobody taught me any financial education. Nobody said, like, you're going to have to save money or invest, and one day you're going to need to retire, and how, how are you going to do that? Well, here's the steps to do it. And I was like, it was just go to school, go to college, get a good de- 
degree and then find a job and work until you're 65. Like that was the plan that was laid out for us. And I was just like, this is baloney and more people need to learn that there's other ways to, um, to build wealth and be able to do what they want and retire. So that's why I started teaching people. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but, but both times that you went, um, abroad, you had made a good amount of money. Like, I think that's, that's kind of, um, different from some of the other interviews that I've, that I've done is that they're like, well, it wasn't much, but, but, um, you know, we could live on it. Whereas, you know, in, in China, um, Ali was making around $25 an hour, which, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not uh, amazing for the U.S. I mean, it's still really, really well. I mean, it's really good, especially, you know, even like college graduates, if they're not in like a specialized like medical doctor or, or you know, uh, lawyer, whatever, yeah. their probably starting wages isn't like that much, isn't much different. Um, but but you got to know that the cost of living is, is a lot less. That's so, right. yeah. So there's ways that you can live really, really well. Um, outside of of the U.S. making a good amount of money and saving money and still, um, you know, you guys were investing um, while you guys were out there, but in the stocks, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now you've been back home for a couple years. Uh, what's next for you? Um, keep traveling. I've got the itch to move away again, but I've got such... I've got my business and everything established here and I love Arizona. I mean, we've been here now for three years and I got married and I've been with my husband for two and a half years now. And I don't know, I just really like our life here. And so I think for us, you know, taking a month off every six months and going to travel before this whole coronavirus thing hit was how we were going to spend traveling around. And then um, now that the coronavirus has hit, I'm just like, I haven't got that month to get away. And so now I want to go live away, you know? Is that, you, is that something that you guys have talked about? We've talked about it. And I think, um, I mean, because right now we have quite a bit of passive income built up, uh, but we both have our careers, you know, like he's got his mobile home guys company. And once he's completely made it passive, like his salespeople can run the business without him being here. And then my, my real estate business, once all the leads are coming in and I have an acquisition manager here who can take all the leads and go on the appointments, I'll feel free to live in another country for months at a time, knowing that um, they're here to handle my business. I think that's when we'll be really ready to move. And I, and I don't think it's far away. I think maybe in the next year. And we're talking about going to either, I think Israel is where we want to go next. Yeah. And you and I have talked about going to Taiwan but now Brandon yeah. actually said Barcelona too the other day. So who knows? Oh my gosh. Come uh, live with us. <laughs> I know. Are you guys going to go to Valencia still? Yeah. Yeah. That's the plan. I mean, we might end up in other parts of Spain, but we're definitely planning on going to Spain. Um, was also my inspiration. <laughs> um, so uh, she came back and was a realtor. I had come back from Australia um, we both got the chance to be in Australia because 
my parents um, or our parents <laughs> were living there. My mom was working with her company abroad at Boeing. And um, so we had the opportunity to go live with them for free. And then, you know, we got visas or I got a I got a working visa. I don't know if you got a working visa. You just got a visiting visa. Um, and we were able to work there. But my husband and I were the same. You know, we we wanted to be able to come back home or we, we, we wanted to be able to live abroad and not have to come back home every so often to hustle and make money to go back abroad. You know, we really wanted to find a way that we can have money coming in and we can live and work wherever we or we, you know, we can live and travel wherever we wanted and not have to worry like, oh, you know, is there a job for me here? can I find work or let that determine where we go? Cause maybe we want to go somewhere and they don't have any opportunities or their opportunities didn't pay us, you know, enough to save or um, help us reach our other goals. So um, we came back to, uh, to the U S with about $15,000. We had saved a good amount in Australia cause they have a really high um, minimum wage there. Um, and we were like, okay, so what we need to do is buy, I think we said like two houses. We're like, we just need to buy two houses. I think we were just like, like out of our minds thinking that that was enough. (laughs) (laughs) We need to buy two houses and then we can go. Um, and I think we were just like unrealistic with how long something like that can take, or maybe not unrealistic, but maybe, maybe we just didn't find the way to do it faster. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had $15,000 in our pocket and it just like went away, Allie. Like I remember we bought a car. We both didn't have jobs for like four months. And then I had a job, but it was a really like really, really, really bad paying job. I think I made like like $1,200 a month, $1,400 a month thinking that I was going to make more because I was. I was doing a sales job. So I was like convinced like I can do this. I was doing gym sales. Convert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I had made a lot back then. So I was, I was like starting to get confidence in myself that, you know, I can, I can do sales to make lots of money. Well, I just didn't know the exact way to do it in this company. So I was making crap money. I went through, uh, you know, a five month depression while Andrew got a job. So then again, we, we both didn't have two incomes. Um, and then I saw Allie making, um, Buku bucks, doing Buku <laughs> bucks, uh, doing something called wholesaling. It's, it's in real estate. You know, you put some, you put a property under contract and then you, um, assign the contract to somebody for money. Well, she was making only 15, 20% of the contracts. And she came home one month making $16,000. And I was like, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. It's so funny, like having a twin because we've bounced off each other so much over the years and just seeing what the other one gets into and be like, okay, like, I like that. Like, I remember the first time you went to church and I saw your whole persona change and I was like, okay, I like that. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, so I mean, maybe maybe Allie was influenced a little bit by me. Um, I think that's probably the biggest one coming to God. Hmm, what do you think? <laughs> yes, I owe you my salvation. You're welcome, <laughs> <laughs> psycho. Yeah. So, um, 
Yes. So by then, Allie and I had invested in our first property, which was like the scariest together. thing. Yeah, together. Um, and it was the scariest thing that I've ever done. Allie yeah. was like, Allie was like, I'm gonna do it. But she also had she also had more savings than I did at the time. I think I had eight thousand dollars savings. Um, uh, and and I don't know, she had probably a lot more because she's always had more money. Um, <laughs> but I remember I had to put like forty five hundred dollars down. And I was like, that's more than half of my money. Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, I was like, I'm going to do this either way. I know it's a deal. And I was like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to, like, have a cut with me. And then you did. Yeah, she was so nice. Um, So we made that into our first rental property. And actually, a year later, that um, we bought it for sixty-five thousand, and we sold it. At, we we had to put like fifteen thousand dollars into it. But a year a year and a half later, we sold it for a hundred and thirty thousand and split the profit. So I mean, it even even making a good amount of money, it has taken us a while to um, get more properties and more passive income. I currently have. Um, two two properties, and I don't plan on selling them ever again. I, we we only sold that last property because we were starting a business, and we needed uh, Andrew, my husband, and I. We needed some money for starting the business. No, I wish um, we would have kept it and just paid it off and cash flowed it out. I, I think about that all the time. It was only sixty five thousand dollars. Like uh, between the two of us, we could have paid it off and had you know six hundred bucks cash flow each. um and I know this is kind of getting into a real estate um conversation and a money conversation but these are all things that um that come up when you travel and after you travel you're like wow I love this traveling I love it it's so great how do I keep doing it how do I sustain it without being an English teacher or a bartender or something like that Right. Maybe these are things that you don't love. I mean, I personally hated teaching. It was also because they were five years old and, you know, they were terrorists, (laughs) mini terrorists in the making. Yeah, seriously. Um, I think that's what deterred us from both wanting to have kids. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if you ever do, but I'm pretty set against it. Um, but yeah, so if you don't, if you don't want to be a teacher, if you don't want to be a bartender, if you don't want to work in tourism, if you don't want to find a job, just, you know, you want to like you because I believe full heartedly that we're all born for a certain thing and we all have our life's purpose. Um, and if if those things aren't your life's purpose. Um, you're going to have to find another way to, to fulfill your, your dreams and, you know, your soul. So, um, these are things that's going to come up. And for us, we feel like, um, real estate is, um, how we're going to be able to keep doing what we do. And, and honestly it has, like I've worked, I've worked from home for the past three years, the, the first year, um, three years, maybe two and a half, two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Um, the first year I was working for somebody, but he was amazing. Brent Daniels, TTP. Shout out to our mentor, Brent Daniels. 
Brent Daniels, yes, he's a master wholesaler coach, and he makes tons of money, and he's so cool, and everybody should find him on Facebook and YouTube because he is just the most crazy, awesome guy ever, and if you're interested in real estate, he's a cool guy to know or to learn from as well. Um, And the best boss ever. Like People should take trainings from him on how to be a man and be a boss. Seriously, the best boss. Yeah, he's, he was very compassionate and understanding. And if I had a bad day or three bad days and didn't do one thing of work, he would be like, okay, like, it's okay. You know, it'll pass. I understand. Why don't you try reading this book? Read this book, you know. And then other days, he'd be like, let's go get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. And it, it was just really hard to be depressed in his energy or be down in his energy just because he, he just, I don't know, I don't know. He's just got no sad, bad, bad energy in his vicinity. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, it's, it's allowed me be doing real estate and starting my own business has allowed me personally to continue music, continue learning languages, which is which I love, continue um, going to church even on a Thursday from nine to noon doing like women's seminars and stuff like that. Um, gosh, what else? I can I can go, you know, a week without working. Yeah, you know, what I put in is what I get out right now, but um, it's allowed us to travel. We've gone back overseas to travel for a month at a time. Yeah. Um, Instead of a so, two-week vacation. Yeah. So definitely um, real estate is one way, it, I'm, and I'm sure Allie would agree. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, Allie, for people who have never traveled, uh, they've traveled a little bit, but haven't made the move to live abroad. Maybe they've lived abroad, but can't sustain themselves. Is there anything um, that you want to add your two cents um, about about whatever that you think is important about the whole process or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Is there anything that you feel in your heart that you want to share for the audience? Mm. I think it just starts with that fire of like setting your mind to this is what I'm going to do and then search, put it out there, tell the people that you love this is what you're going to do. Um, find people who've done it, see if you can model them, go online, see how you can do it. Like, can you do couch surfing? So it's free places that you can sleep. Can you do Airbnb and get it cheaper? Do you know somebody in another country? Can you stay with them? Can you find groups like, um, like volunteer organizations where they pay for you to stay there, but you have to give four hours of your time to uh, each day so that you can live there. Like whatever it is, if you just put your intentions out there and really search for it, you're going to find something that's going to let you do that. So if you haven't been in something that you, that you want to do, like don't give yourself another excuse to not start except for the coronavirus. That's a real excuse and flights aren't going back and forth out of country. So other than that one aside, um, don't give yourself any other excuse to start because it's totally possible for anybody with any much money um, in any situation. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, as far as um, if people 
like the information that you've provided. They want to support you. Maybe they're interested in real estate. Um, uh, they have questions or they live in Arizona and they want to do business with you. Where can they find you? Uh, they can go to my email, A-L-L-I-E at North, N-O-R-T-H-A-N-D-C-O.com. So it's Allie at North and Co.com. You just email me and I'll, I'll get back with you. Awesome. And obviously no obligation. And you know, you guys can just be friends. Um, but Allie, honestly, she, she's one of like the coolest people I know, and she's always doing awesome stuff. And, you know, if, if you're maybe behind in your idea of life, <laughs> um, as far as, you know, financially and goals, um, Allie can definitely help you. Another, um, source of help uh, I want to say is the Lord Jesus Christ and I mean that sincerely even though I said it funnily um, God and Jesus are just the best and they've helped me so much I think I can say the same for Allie um, just feeling feeling so much purpose in life and whether whether you're you're doing something and you're working or you're not um, just knowing that that you know he's there and he loves you and you're, you're his child and he has a great purpose for you. Oh my gosh. It, it just has freed me personally. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with that 1000% because when I was saying I felt like I had no purpose, I don't think it was until I met and created a relationship with God that I was filled with the peace and comfort of having that relationship with him and knowing that I don't need to know everything. He has a will for my life. We're just here to take a step at a time and move, um, in a, you know, on his path. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. If you're looking for purpose, eh, he's the first person to go to, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and as far as, you know, what, what we have envisioned for our lives, it's crazy because I feel like God has such a, a way, 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 way better vision and plan for us than what we can do ourselves and the things that seem impossible guys it's like it's like they're just they just happen they just happen when you don't know it like it's just it's just amazing if you if you get to know God and and pay attention because even even when I didn't know God I just wasn't paying attention and I wasn't being grateful to know like how he was working in my life he can do the same for you um, thank yeah, you, Allie. <laughs> thank you, Allie, so much for being on the show today. I loved all of the conversation and getting to know you even better. Appreciate you. Love ya. And bye. Bye.